Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, don't stop clapping. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. My earring. Amen. Amen. Wow. Can somebody see us? Wow. Wow. You know, you, we, we, go, we go through conferences and, and, uh, and you say, man, that was the best conference. And last year was awesome. And I believe that this year was one of the best conferences that we have had. Amen. And, and at the right time and moment. Amen. And and so I'm just so blessed for everything, amen, especially what took place this morning. The presence of God was just so overwhelming. Come on, how many felt the overwhelming of God in this place, amen? It's just overwhelming. It was just, uh, just a great, great presence of God. And it just uh, I believe that God has us where we're at. A lot of people say right off 2020. Let me tell you, 2020, there's still some things to happen. Come on, we're not writing out this year. This year, things are going to happen. There's some things happening right now. So don't write it off. Enjoy 2020. Jump right into it because God is doing something. Amen. And this is going to be one of the, you know, although it looks like one of the baddest years, it can be one of the greatest years for us as a church, as a people. And so I just, uh, it's just a great, great time. So give the Lord one more praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, son, for that intro. Amen. I got your 20 bucks out there, amen, praise God, hallelujah. Go ahead and grab a seat, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. First of all, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Someone turn, turn, turn to somebody and say thank you. You know, if you're here, thank you. If you showed up, thank you. If you're here today, first time, thank you, amen. Now, I just want to just say my thank yous to everyone uh, in the house here, amen. We want to thank our speakers Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor Dave Hernandez, amen, that first night, Friday night. Come on, hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor Ruben Gutierrez, amen, last night. Come on. That was a great word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just a great, great time of coming together. I want to thank all our visitors and friends, amen, family, amen. Pastor Woody and Apples, amen, in the house, amen. Hallelujah. Driving out, amen. Uh, we got Huntington Park in the back row over there representing, amen. Friends are coming out and joining us and family that's here, amen. Uh, Pastor Sonny and Michelle, amen. Uh, Pastor Oscar and, and Marianne that came out with us, amen. And, and all the visitors that are here, amen. And so I just want to thank you guys all. Come on, give yourself a hand clap, amen. Hallelujah. So thank you so much, amen. I want to thank our PCLB team. Come on, how many know that we got a team here, hallelujah. we got a team here. And so I just want to thank uh, all the ushers. Our charrettes, our cafe. Come on, somebody. Ones who are selling teachers. Amen. Uh, uh, I think he fell short of his goal. Amen. But he, come on, give a, give a hand clap for the t-shirt sales. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But you know what? Uh, thank you for, for buying out uh, those, those shirts. Amen. We just wanted to make sure that everyone could get one and, and it was affordable for everyone. Amen. But thank you guys for just out there. Amen. I want to thank our worship team. Come on. Hallelujah. They were off the hook, amen. I mean, what a great time of presence. Uh, our media team, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord, amen. 
Thank you, my son, for all the promos and all the all the stuff that you see here. Come on, it's all it's all him. It ain't me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, but uh, making us look good. The, everything that just took place here. So, come on. How many want to thank our PCLV Kids Conference team? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, amen, with Sister Des and Elizabeth's working so hard, amen, and all, all the workers, amen, all the teachers out there, amen, doing a great, great job. So I want to thank you all uh, for your, your investment in, in, in labor and, in, uh, and, doing, and making us look good, amen. And so we appreciate every worker, every team. Every, everything everything behind the scenes, all the little pickups. Uh, I seen Sister Marjorie picking up things that were on the floor here, amen, on her way. I thought she was going to fall down in the Holy Ghost right now, amen. But, uh, but uh, thank God she did it, amen, hallelujah. But, but thank you, I mean, just for everyone uh, putting things together, cleaning things up, bringing things in, bring t uh, putting things up. I mean, so many things that were going on during that time, amen. It's just a, a great, great time. And I just want to thank my lovely wife, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, if, if it wasn't for her prayers, I don't know where I'd be, amen. And so I thank her for her faithfulness to, to, to something that she thought she would never see or, or never thought of this, never thought of where we would be. She just wanted to save husband, and, and she got more than that, you know. And, and, and you are the more, more than that. You guys are the more of that, amen, to us. And, and so... It was her hard work, and it's through the tears of years and years of praying and praying that made this happen. You know, uh, without those faithful prayers and, and the tears of a spouse at times, those are the important things that we, we don't forget, church. And, and, and none of that can happen. As my son was saying, all the little things that took place of all the speakers and the little things and the prayers that took place, all of it, 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 it's, it matters, and it brings it together. And so... I, I don't forget that, amen, when I was selfish in my ways, amen, and, and still that persistent woman, you know, that they saw that persistent woman that just, you know, I, I want justice. I want, I, I want, get that, get that knucklehead saved type of thing, amen, hallelujah. Just the persistence of her, amen, and, and prayers and family and, and the church and things like that, that that prayed for me makes it all possible, church. And, and so I, I want to thank my wife for for, for the, her persistence. Come on, hallelujah. She's little, amen, but she has a bite, hallelujah. And so, and I thank God she was trained right with Sister Bloom on prayer, prayer, warring for me, amen. And, and, and I just, I show, so everyone's part of that, part of all of us. We're all part of something. So we all matter. We all matter. Family, friend, we all matter, church. So you got to understand that there's value in each and every one of us can somebody say amen. amen hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord i want to do something right now that the lord's telling me to do so i'm just going to lower this right now and i'm going to just leave it there for a moment all right god that says it's lower the bucket god told me to lower the bucket right now when i uh, when we were just worshiping god and he says just lower the bucket and i'm going to do that right now but won't we all stand up as we get ready to receive the word today, amen. What a great, great time. Speakers, amen. And uh, you're going to see that everything is linked together. And the messages are going to overlap each other a little bit. But it's because it's all linked together. Because there's a common theme that we're all trying to pursue here. And so right now, as we get ready, let's receive. Uh, don't, don't, uh, it's not over. God has one more thing that he wants to give you. 
Amen. And, and you're going to receive that. Somebody say, I receive it. So close your eyes, amen, and get ready to receive what the Lord has. Father, I just thank you so, so much, Father, for everything that I've spoken right now over this church and over our family and friends and everything that took place, Father God, of every person that walked into this place, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we, can, that we came this weekend to the well to be refreshed by you, my Lord. Father, you're giving us living water and you're giving us victory, Father. And Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would open up our hearts once again. And Father, Lord, that we would hear what the Spirit has to say to each and every one of us, Lord. And we would take it home not only to those that are here at this church at PCLV, but those that are visiting will take it back to their homes and to their churches, my Lord. And Father, that they will know that they've been refreshed at the well. And Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, as you're already here, start to move upon the hearts of your people. And let them hear the voice behind the voice, Father. And Lord, that it would bring change and transformation. Because this year, we're not going to write off, Father, because you got so much more to do in 2020. And Father, we thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you for everything that you're about to do and whatever you're going to do to the remainder of this year. And Father, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen. Come on, give the Lord one more praise, amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Hallelujah. Water doesn't work with the cap on. I don't know if you guys caught that, amen. But just in case, praise God. I, will, I remember when I was praying for our theme for 2020, and you know, I go into a prayer mode probably in October asking God for a theme. There's times that he throws something in my spirit, and I'll write it down or jot it down. And, and, uh, and I thought I had a theme for 2020. And I remember on a Saturday morning prayer here as I was praying, God changed it. And he changed it to victory. Not knowing what was to come in 2020, amen, uh, uh, I, you know, victory, it, was a, it sounded great. It was a, like, you know, we need some victory. And I, not, in, in reality, we're, we were going to need some victory in 2020 because we're going to feel defeated. And, and the Lord changed it to victory. And, and not knowing, like I said, what was coming, that I thought in 2020 we're talking about clarity, we're talking about vision, uh, we're talking about these. But God was saying, you're going to need some victory over giants that are coming our way. And as I was driving to work after that Saturday morning prayer, amen, then the song came out that confirmed what God placed in my heart on victory, that I'm going to see a victory. Come on, we, we sing that song, amen. And so I started to sing that. I'm going to see a victory uh, for the battle belongs to the Lord, amen. So I thought, man, theme, song, scripture, it's done. That, that is, that's our banner. That's our theme. That's our song for 2020. And today I want to minister a message entitled, We're going to see a victory. Come on, somebody say, We're going to see a victory. Come on. Tell your neighbor, Amen, you're going to see a victory. Come on, there, there's some people here today that still need some victory. Come on, there's some people here today, amen, that, that need a little shout in their spirit, amen. There's some people here today, uh, come on, that, that you're still walking out still a little uncertain. Because it's easy to get caught up 
in this kind of atmosphere. It's easy to get caught up and come to the altar and say, God, it feels good. You may, you may even jump a little bit. You may even shout, but, but you leave the place and there's still something lacking. So I believe there's somebody here today that needs to shout some victory. Now you're going to be have to remind yourself, amen, that, that victory belongs to you. Somebody shout victory. Come on, shout it like you really mean it. Come on. Are the Raiders winning? No, don't, don't, don't look. Come on, everybody won. Come on, remember last night? Put up your victory sign. Come on. Victory, amen, victory. Some of you guys made a little cool, you know. Come on. Come on, God deliver us from this, guys. Come on, let's get right now, amen. Come on. We got victory, church. And you got to remember that today. Our theme scripture is 1 Samuel 17, 47. And the Good News Bible says that he, speaking of God, he is victorious in battle. In the New Living Translation, it says that this, the, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. He's speaking about the enemy here, that, that the battle belongs to the Lord, and he's going to give the enemy to us. Amen. Uh, come on, uh, that we're going to have to go through some battles, church. Uh, we're going to have to face some giants in order to claim victory. But our God is victorious in battle and in facing any giant. As the song says, amen, it says, weapons may be formed. Come on, something may be coming against us, amen. Come on, this virus, disease, struggle, racism, amen. But it will not prosper, church. I'm here to let you know that this will not prosper. The things that you are seeing out in the world today will not prosper, amen, if we stand strong in God. When darkness falls, it will not prevail. Why? Because the God we serve knows only how to triumph. And my God, somebody say my God, and my God will never, ever fail. Come on. Come on. Somebody give him a shout. Come on. If you believe it, say yes. We're going to see a victory, church. I don't see darkness. I don't see failure. I don't see pandemic. I, I don't see all this stuff. I, I see victory, church. I, there is victory, church. I, come on, there is victory in this house. And if you can grab a hold of that, it can take, you can go home with it. You can have it in your car. You can have it in your house. You can take it to the job, somebody. You can take it to the bank. Come on. You may not see victory in the bank right now. Ooh, pastor, you don't know what's in my bank. Oh, come on. Have some victory. God can deposit anything inside their church. Come on. He's, he's, he's the owner of all finances. Come on. God will take care of you. I say God will take care of you. Come on. Look at somebody. I'm telling you, I'm taking care of. For church, it's time to fight. I said it's time to fight. It is not time to sit. It is not time to be silent. It's not time to shut down. It's not time to stay home, Facebook. Come on. It's not time to complain, amen. It's not time to come on to stand with the world or stay in fear, amen. It is time to fight if we are going to see a victory, church. 
Victory has to be an expression of your outer body. I know that, you know what, uh, it does, you know, God looks at the heart. But let me tell you, some of the stuff that's here comes from here. And some of you guys don't see the victory yet. Who's looking at? Oh, oh, yeah. Don't start looking at people. Who's he talking about? They're right? No, no. It's time to fight, church. See, don't forget that there is power. Come on, somebody say power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. Some of, some of you guys need to say Jesus over your problem. Jesus, Jesus over your situation. Jesus over your children. Over your come on, somebody just gotta use the name Jesus. Come on, when you mention Jesus, come on, demons tremble. There's power, church, in the name of Jesus. In every war he wages, he wins. Just like Pastor Reuben said, it's been fixed. It's all, we're, we're winners. We're not losers. Read the end of the book. We win at the end, church. We win, he loses. We cannot forget that, church. Listen, death doesn't even have victory over us. Come on, because Jesus took the keys of hell, death, and the grave, church. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 55 says this. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Death does not have victory over us, church. When we die, victory's with us. Hallelujah. Come on, we get to go home. Hallelujah. We get to see uh, the one that saved us, uh, the one that laid down his life for us. Amen. So death has no victory over us. We need to fight, church. Look at somebody. You need to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight, church. But listen, but not against each other. We need to fight, but not against each other. Not what we see out there in the world. Not what we see in protests. Not what we see out there. We need to be here for one another. We don't fight against each other, but against wickedness, evil, principalities, against the devil himself. That is who the battle's against. In our Christian walk, we are going to face some giants. Giants are going to come to distract, cause fear, bring doubt. They will taunt you with lies about yourself and about your God. And even question your very faith. First Timothy chapter 1, 7 says this, but God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. See, as you put on the full armor of God, somebody say, put it on. When you put on the full armor of God with preparation, prayer, and the help from the Holy Spirit, we can face our giants, amen, and take down the Goliaths in our lives. And we can see victory. Come on, somebody. We can see victory. Tell your neighbor, my Goliath is going down today. Your neighbor's not the Goliath, guys. So let's look at the greatest victory 
over a giant. A victory of faith because of a, of a God a boy served who became a man after God's own heart. Let's look at the battle in 1 Samuel 17. Here's a battle that's set up, amen. It's the Hebrews against their arch enemies, the Philistines. The Philistines are their, their, their rival, amen. And they had, a, they had the best train, a, come on, army on the faith of the earth at that time, which means they had the best chariots, spears, swords, shields, all that. On the other hand, the Hebrews were just farm boys. They needed any tool sharpening, they would usually go to the Philistines for that. Sharpening? <laughs> You guys catch that, amen? I'm from East L.A., homie. <laughs> I blame that on my mom. Hallelujah. <laughs> you chop it. Chop it and have some chicken. No. <laughs> now, these two groups were, were really cool with each other at a moment in a time, amen, until the Philistines overtaxed them. And they got a little, got in a little scuffle with one of the Hebrew tribes called the Benjamites or the Benjamins. So that the rivals started between the two. But when the Israelites first approached the promised land, most of the Israelites, uh, come on, had, well, had been afraid to enter because of the giants living there. King Og was over 13 feet tall. Here in the book of 1 Samuel 17, the stage is set. The well-known fight of David and Goliath. The greatest upset in fighting history. David was the biggest underdog at that time. Now David, a teenager, was tending his father's sheep on the hillside and decides to go witness this battle. So he goes and takes some lunch to his older brothers that were in the battle. And the problem was that the Hebrews were no match for the Philistine army. No one would go down, uh, dare to go down the mountain to fight them in the valley. Amen. So see, you see the Hebrews, uh, as, as we know now through this weekend, were on one side of the mountain. Uh, and the Philistines were on, on the other side of the mountain. And in between them is a valley. And I can tell you something right now. No one wants to go to the valley. No one wants to go in the valley. On one hand, the Philistines hesitated to go up the mountain because the Hebrews were armed with rocks and boulders. And so they would just roll it over the mountain and take them out. So it was just a standstill. No one would go down to the valley. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8 and 10 says this, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across the Israelites. Or to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm, a, I'm the Philistine champion. But you are only servants of Saul. So choose one man. To come down here and fight me. If he kills me. Then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him. You will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this. They were terrified. And deeply shaken. See, an army will often avoid the high cost of battle by putting its strongest warriors on each side to battle. 
And this would avoid a, a, a great bloodshed. Because the winner of the fight was considered the winner of the battle. Now this has been going on for 40 days, 40 nights. And now King Saul, who was the tallest of the Hebrews, he was seven foot tall himself, which made him the, the likely candidate to go fight Goliath. But he as well as the entire army of Israel was afraid. The entire Israel army could not see a victory. King Saul could not see a victory. All they saw was a giant which gripped them in fear. Listen, church. If fear takes resident in your life, you will never be able to see victory. You're going to have to have faith. Somebody say faith to see victory. And understand that the, as Pastor Reuben said, the fight has been fixed. Come on, we win. All you got to do is stand in your faith. Somebody tell your neighbor, stand in faith. You just got to stand in your faith, stand your ground, stand on the promises of God. That's all you need to do in order for victory to come. Got to remain in his word. Amen. His word is true. Can somebody say amen? Come on. There's, there's words that God speaks. God has spoken some word to some people this weekend. Are you going to stand on it? Are you going to grip into it and say, I got victory? See, the question today, how big is your giant? Come on. Have you ever just been living life? Amen. Come on. Just serving God. Uh, kind of kind of tending the sheep, sort of speaking, amen. You're going to church, you're being faithful, you're giving, and all of a sudden, a giant appears in your life. Have you ever had a problem that you thought, this one is going to be hard to overcome? Come on, have you ever sized up your giant and just wanted to run because it seemed overwhelming or, way, or seemed way too big to handle? See, 1 Samuel chapter 17, 4 says, Then Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel, and he was over nine feet tall. Somebody just go like this. That's how big he was. You, you, you couldn't see him eye to eye. You're not looking down at this, this giant. You're not looking down at this champion. You're looking up. Xavier, stand up. No, no. No, you're the giant and this is it. <laughs> Come on, he's big. He's ugly. No, no, I'm just playing. Just playing. Mom's here. Sorry. It's, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> Come on, Goliath is over nine feet tall. Amen. The Bible says that his armor weighed over 200 pounds. The tip of his spear weighed 15 pounds. On top of that, he came in as an undefeated champ. The Bible says that he'd been fighting since he's been a little boy. Some of you guys have been fighting for a long time. Some of you guys need to stop fighting. <laughs> Come on, you're not in the neighborhood no more. 
Tell your neighbor, stop it. But he's been fighting since he's a young boy. And David gets there to witness Goliath taunting the Hebrew army. And Goliath was giant. He was a giant with, a, with, a, with, a, with an attitude. I mean, he just had an attitude. He, he just thought he was all that, amen. He, he defeated people after people, uh, other champions after champions. He, he, he got some little, he's a little, he's a little cocky. He has an attitude. Does your giant in your life have an attitude? Don't look at him right now. Listen, church, our first natural reaction when facing our giant is fear. We want to run from our giants. Can somebody say amen? Come on. 1 Samuel 17, 24 says, As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run in fright. Verse 25 says, Have you seen the giant? The dude is huge, scary, and ugly. Pastor Arch translation. Some of you guys will get it on the way home. Church, every person who decides to live for God will encounter a giant of some kind in their walk. And no, guys, it's not your wife. Pastor, she's a giant. She taunts me. <laughs> and ladies, it's not your husband. Pastor, he gets big and he gets ugly. Look to your neighbor and tell, don't run from your giants. Don't run from your giants. Church, I'm here to let you know that there are giants in the land. There are giants in the land, amen. But we must face our giants, church. Don't forget that we have an absolute champion in our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And it took a bold boy, a shepherd boy, to remind Israel that, amen, that they are the armies of the living God, church. He came out and says, who is this guy? We're that army, church. But we must face our giants we must confront the giants of our life we must put on somebody say put on put on the armor that god has designed for each of us and know that we are part say i'm part of the army of the living god knowing that the battle truly belongs to the lord who is, let me remind you, is still undefeated. I said he's still undefeated. He's better than anything that's out there. He's still undefeated. And you got to look at that church. And you got to look at the Lord in that way that, you know what, we serve an undefeated God. We serve a God that will never lose. We serve a God that has victory in his side, amen, and always will be by his side if you and I are going to see victory. David knew that. He saw victory. In 1 Samuel 17, 26, it says that David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what would a man get for killing this Philistine and ending the, his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? He has a little attitude right here. Come on, do you get a little mad when they talk about your God? Or do you just walk away and laugh with it? 
Here he's not, he's not taking that. He said, who is, by the way, who is this bozo? Who is this dude talking about my God? He has a, he has a little, ad, he, he, he says, what's going on with you guys? You're letting this guy talk about our God? It's like someone talk about your daddy or your mama. Don't talk about my mama. I'm sorry, mama, for talking about your son. I'm sorry. Come on, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? David's pretty bold. I like David. Come on, we need more Davids in the house. We need some more Davids. We, I, I, I loved it when, when you brought up the men because the men need to be reminded there's a David spirit inside of you. We need men to rise up, amen. This is a time and hour for the men. I said the men to stand up, amen. Put their toys away and start fighting, amen. And start being the men of God that you need to be over your homes, over your families, amen. Your wife is looking for a leader. David was this kind of man. He says, where are the leaders? Where are the men? Come on, they allow this, this, this dude to talk about my God. Men need to stand up. Here's a boy that had a spiritual armor on. Here's a boy that stood in authority in the God he served. A boy that was not gripped with fear, but a boy that had a shout of victory. What's the difference? What a different perspective David had. See, most of the onlookers only saw a giant, but David saw a man defying God Almighty. While others looked at Goliath, they saw an opponent too powerful to, to defeat. David looked at Goliath and said, man, he's a target too, bis, too big to miss. See, God has given us that same armor, church. In 1 Samuel 17, 32, it goes on, David goes on to say, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go out. And I'll fight him. He stood there. This little boy. Teenager. All these other men afraid. And, and shaken and terrified. And he comes and says. Who is this dude? That you let him talk about our God. Who is this dude. That you let him talk about the church. Who is this guy. That, that's bringing down and talking smack. Uh, about the God that we serve. Don't worry about this guy. I got it. Send me. I'll fight. Church, will you go fight your giant? The giant that's been taunting about your marriage? It's not going to last. She's not going to last. She's not going to change. He's not going to change. Your kids will never get saved. Come on, your finances will never be good. Come on, let me tell you, you'll never be healed. You're going to listen to all the taunts that he's telling you guys. Or will you fight? Will you face your giant no matter how big it is or will you run? Despite David's brothers telling him, uh, what are you doing here? He comes out and he goes, what are you doing here? Go home. You just want to be in the Kool-Aid. 
Chismoso. Go home. Go. Who's taking care of daddy's sheep? Get back and do what you're supposed to do. Well, we'll take care of this. And even King Saul told him, no way, you can't. First, David says in 1 Samuel 17, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way, no possible way that you can go fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, a mocoso. You don't, you don't know. This, this, this man has been fighting since he's been a little boy. There's no way. He's been a man of war. You're not going to win. But you see, David didn't let criticize him. criticism stop him. He didn't let criticism talk, stop him. He, while all the army stood around, he knew the importance of taking action. With God to fight with him, there was no reason, listen, to wait. Tell your neighbor, don't stand around. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't stand around. Tell your other neighbor, fight. You got to fight. See, the problem is when, when giants come to us, amen, and taunt us and do all these things, amen, we just stand there. Like a tonto, like you know, you're talking smack, you're talking, you don't do nothing, you don't say nothing, you're like. How can you let people talk smack about God, your God, you, or your family, or anything? They're like, nah, 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 nah. That's what you got to do, you got to fight. That, that raise, that, that, come on. Karate kid just comes out. Wah! <laughs> Come on. Haven't have you forgot how to fight? Used to fight in the world. Now you won't fight for God? Who is undefeated? Who's all powerful, almighty, and has your back. Now the devil comes and tells you things, and you're like, no. No, I love my wife. It's going to work. My kids will be saved. Do you kick the devil out of your house? When that giant's taunting in your house and whispering lies and saying this and nothing's going to change. They're not going to change. Nothing's going to happen. Amen. Or do you stand up and say, today, get out. Amen. Today, victory is mine. Today, I have victory. Get out of my house. Amen. No lies, no nothing. Get out. Are you going to listen to the criticisms of your family who are not saved? Giving you advice how to about your marriage. And they've been married five times. Doesn't make you an expert for five marriages. Let me tell you, one marriage that's been fighting for years, that's an expert. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going on 35 years plus, 36 now. Hallelujah. That's, that's victory, church. Oh, I just heard somebody say, he looks 40. <laughs> thank you, thank you. See, 
David didn't let criticism stop him. Listen, people may try to discourage you, bring negative comments towards you, mock you, but you must continue to do the right thing. We don't fight each other, church. We fight against the enemy. And when you do that, church, listen, you please God, whose opinion matters most. I don't care what people think. People say, man, Art, why are you so calm? You know, they just, you know, I'm at work, amen, and we're in sales. Man, they, he just stole a sale from you. What are you going to do? And they try to push me to see what I'll do. <laughs> they, 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 come on, I'm, I'm, it's okay. What? You're not going to fight? Sometimes they're waiting for me. Like if I'm off on a weekend, or like, like this weekend, I took five days off, they're going to come back, and a lot of them are going to be like, oh, man, you should have seen something that they took your sale. They asked for you, and they didn't put your name on there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And they, they'll go back up that. And I do nothing. It's all good. It really is. My God takes care of me. I'm not going to stay, stay, uh, start fights or anything like that. They're, 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 people do that. They'll, 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 they'll push you, but you got to continue to do what's right. And I know that sometimes inside of us, we want to handle it. We want to say something. We want to do something. But that is not you anymore. Come on, you're, you're not that anymore. God saved you. Uh, come on, it's time to stand in our position. If we're going to stand victorious, then it's time to do the righteous thing for God. And no matter what the world says or, or what the opinions of anyone else, the opinions of God is what matters the most, church. First Samuel 17, 34 to 37 says this, but David was persistent. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goat, he said. When a lion and bear came to steal the lamb from, a, from the flock, I go after it with a club. David's crazy. And I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turned on me, I catch it by its jaw and club it to death. And he'd go take it. And if he came back, what, what? And he'd grab it. He just matched his What? What? Boom! I'm a fighter. She was about to kick me right now. <laughs> One thing with my wife, you cannot, if you try to scare her, she'll, she, that's her first reaction. She's a fighter. Hallelujah. That's what we need to do the devil all the time. But here's David. He says, you know what? If it turned on me, I, I, I catch it by his jaw and I club it to death. I've done this both to the lions and the bears. And I'll do this to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And Saul finally consented and says, all right, go ahead. And may the Lord be with you. As Pastor Ruben said, vaya con Dios. Game is blessing. See, instead of Saul saying, son, son, no, 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 no. I'll go fight him. I'll go fight him. I'm the king. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a better match for him. I, I got this. Don't, thank you, son. I, I thank you for your courage. But you know what? I really need to take care of this. Some of you men 
are not standing up where a boy does it instead. We need to take our position, or sometimes it's your wife doing it instead of the man doing it. No, no, we need to, we need to say, God, babe, I got this. I'll handle it. We got to take care of the matters, church. We got to take care of these matters in our, in our home and without day. We, we cannot procrastinate. We cannot wait on it. We must make decisions as men of God to handle things right here, right now. Our wives shouldn't be fighting for us. Come on. We need to fight, church. Saul says, are you sure? I was going to do this. <laughs> but if you insist, go for it. <laughs> but take my armor. And may the Lord be with you. Scripture says that David tried to put on his armor and took a couple steps and he just couldn't do it. He says, I, I can't put this on. This is your armor. It's not mine. Verse 39 says, you know what? I'm not, I'm not used to this. Just, just, he gives it back to Saul and goes, you know what? I got my own armor. And David gets his staff, his sling, a slingshot. He gets five smooth stones. Five smooth ones. He says, I'll go fight the giant. That's all I need. All I need is these five stones to take this bozo out. This is all I need. I don't need your armor. I'm going to use what God gave me. Tell your neighbor, use what God gave you. Verse Samuel 17, 43 says, Am I a dog? He wrote at David. Now you come with me with a, with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. And he says, come over here. I'm going to give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled. Listen, church, all Satan can do is try to imitate or, or in, in, uh, intimidate us. Call you names. Because he knows that he has no power. Come on, you got to understand, he has no power over the child of God. Come on, he can't touch us. He, ha he has no power over us. Amen. All he can do is taunt us. Whatever power Satan has over you is the power that you have given him. And what the enemy meant for evil, God will always turn for the good. Can somebody say amen? David responds in 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 46. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and the spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, this day, somebody say this day, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the caucuses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. The whole world will know that there is a God in Las Vegas. Hallelujah. The whole world will know, amen, that giant you are going down. But here comes the lesson, church. In verse 47 it says this. All those gathered here will know that not only by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you all into our hands. 
The Lord, church, is victorious in battle. In other words, I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know, come on, somebody say, I know how this story ends. It's fixed, church. We win. You just got to stand and use what you got. See, David picks up these five stones. Tell your neighbor, pick up your stones. Picks up these five stones. And some people say that on these five stones, that one was for Goliath and the other four were for his four brothers. And it might as well be because David did face all, all four of them later and took them out. But one thing is for sure. David was an expert marksman with the slingshot. Come on. He was an expert with his weapon, church. And 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Somebody say mighty. Mighty in God by pulling down strongholds or for taking down giants. David was the one that had the advantage here. He was the one that was able to move a, a little faster because he had no heavy armor on. What made David effective was not only his ability to, with a slingshot, but his courage and faith in God. Listen, your confidence, somebody say my confidence, your confidence will grow strong by trusting in God. And in turn, will bring you victory, church. When you stand on the promises of God, amen, victory will be always on your side. If you stand in your marriage, victory will be always on your side. When you stand for your children, victory will always be on your side. When you stand on the promises of God, victory will always stand by your side. Church. When you stand on God, victory is always there. You see, well, you may feel, though, that outmatched. Outnumbered, overwhelmed. You may even size up your jackets, your giant, and say, Oh my, how am I going to do this? You may not ever see, uh, man, I'm never going to overcome this trial, or I'm never going to get out of this situation. Uh, come on, uh, I'll never get a breakthrough, amen. Uh, the odds uh, may seem always against you, church. Uh, you may feel that you may never, ever, ever recover from it, church. Uh, but my God says, amen, uh, with these few small stones, amen, uh, come on, uh, you just got to use these stones uh, and just throw it to the giant. I'm here to tell you, church. That God will use the little that you have to defeat the giants in your life. God, this is all I have, God. This is all I got, God. This is all I, this is all I got to face the, the troubles of my life. This is all I got is faith, love, joy. Come on. I got Jesus. He goes, use what you got. Use the, the, the things that you have. The, use the, 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 the tools and the weapons that God has given you. You may just have a little church. It may not seem a lot to take down a giant. You look at these small, these small five stones and say, how am I going to use that to defeat that? It's impossible. There's no way. We, we look at it. We, if we look at what we have and to compare what we're facing, it's like there is no possible way to win here. But God says, use it. Use the little you have and watch that giant come down.
See, David used the little he had. He just used one rock. Xavier, stand up again. <laughs> Watch this giant go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it because mama's here. <laughs> that one rock. And I mean, as, as, as Goliath is taunting and talking smack to him. And he's just, he's throwing spears. He's just like this. And he's just, he just keeps winding up. Yeah, go ahead. Go throw it. <laughs> I mean, he, he got some moves, amen. And, and he got no armor, so he, he's still a fast little kid. And he's just winding it up, winding it. And all of a sudden, you see that, that arm of a little boy. And all of a sudden, God gets into the picture. And it's not a little arm anymore. It becomes a big arm. Come on. He got 20s, kind of like mine. <laughs> and he's just going to this. And, his, and, a, and a spiritually, his arms are just getting huge. And when he finally threw everything he had, he just, whew. and Goliath's like, yeah, you little. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And the giant goes down. Imagine the, man, come on. Yeah, now the army went like this. Yeah. Yeah, church always just gets sprayed when everybody goes out. Yeah, yeah, we knew it. Where were you before? We all jump into in the, yeah, I mean, I mean, David knew he didn't, he was no surprise. He, he's like, yeah, I knew he was going down. The other people, man, you lost your bet, give me money. <laughs> They're taking bets on David, amen, to lose. But here he is, amen, the giant goes down and he does he's supposed to do. He does what he did, church. God says here, uh, use the little I have. Uh, use the little that you have, son. Uh, use the little that you have, daughter. And just sling it uh, and trust in me uh, and watch your giants uh, go down. Amen. Uh, come on, just trust in me. Uh, use that little thing that you have. Uh, come on, if it's faith, if it's prayer, if whatever that may be, just use it and watch your giant go down. Sister Robin says, you know, she told me yesterday she was so excited. My, my husband's coming. I said, all right. And then she came in and goes, she's not coming. He's not here. And he goes, he's, he's here. You got to see the victory. He's there sitting in that chair. Put him in the chair the way you're going to be. He's sitting right there. You got to see the victory. You got to claim it. De devil, you shut up. You ain't going to take my victory away. You're not going to take my victory. He's right here. You got to claim it. You got to claim it. You got to claim it. Come on. Keep your faith. Keep your faith. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Come on. He will come. Come on. I, I am an example of that. You keep praying. And he'll be there. And we'll all celebrate with you. Come on. Use the little that you have, church, to take down the giant that's trying to stop you. Stop you where he wants to take you. Come on, what a powerful word. Yes, mountains are coming against us. Things may be formed against us, but church, they're not going to prosper. Let me tell you, you ever seen a big mountain and they put a hole in it? 
And now you, you, uh, you can drive through it. That's what God's doing. That's, that's what I see. The guy was just going to, all his angels just cutting through, making a way for us. We don't have to climb it, church. We don't have to go over it. He says, I'm going to get you through it. Amen. You just got to trust in me. You just got to follow me. We're going through that mountain. God can walk through any mountain and make a way for you, church. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is trust. All you got to do is I got the victory. We're going to see a victory, church. See, once they saw their champion dead, guess what they did? They ran. And once you take down your giant, guess what? All those demons, they leave. And all of a sudden, what do you feel? Peace. Victory. Sometimes it's a war, church. I'm not here to say it's easy. But I'm saying, man, if you stand on God, you watch what he does. Because he never fails. He never fails, church. You know, I look out in this crowd and I see warriors. I've seen people go through trials and storms and battles. Oh, my. But you're still here. You're still sitting. You're still believing. Amen. God, I'm just by here by faith. That's all you need. That's all you need. You keep coming. You keep coming. You keep coming. You keep believing. You keep trusting. Watch what God does. Amen. You just keep on keeping on. Amen. Just because you're here, you may feel defeated. But as you're sitting here, you stand victorious. Like David, Pastor David said, sometimes we look at victory and we have a different perspective of what that is. But victory is simply just being obedient and standing in faith. And living the faith, you have victory already. And once you start to do that, you start to feel better about yourself. Come on, we don't have it all together. It's, everything's not fixed. But you know what? I got God. I just got Jesus. Amen. That's all we need, church. That's all we need. We don't need anything else. We, we, we picture victory to look different. The white picket fence and all this other stuff and the dog. and I don't, I don't know. We have dogs and we're still not happy. <laughs> we're looking for wrong things in our lives, church. We're chasing things that, that, that we looked at. That's successful. That's good. That looks victorious. That lo and we're looking at the wrong things. And God says, all you need is me. I'll complete you. I'll make you happy. Come on, that's, that's all you need is me. Amen. If you got no God, you got no God in the sun, all you need is beans and rice and, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, hallelujah. Make a burrito and be happy. Tell your neighbor, wrap it up. I'm hungry now. <laughs> Philistines ran and church, you got to let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. 1 Samuel 17, 51 says, And David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword out of his sleeve. And David used it to cut him, uh, to kill him and cut his head off. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they all turned and ran. What this means to you and I today is, church, that when we face are faced with a giant called death in the family, called divorce, called COVID-19, 
called virus sickness, when you face a giant called depression, weakness, financial setbacks, relational problems, amen, lack of faith, you must face your giants with the little faith that you have, church. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can tell that giant to move or giant you're going down, amen, and just hurl that stone, church, in faith in God, amen, and watch your giant fall, and that victory will start to come your way. This is what we need to do, church, is face off our giant. Stand square against him. Use what you got and sling it with all your might with faith. And watch that giant fall. Church, you got to fight. When you fight, he shows up. When you run, there's nothing there, church. You got to fight. Let me tell you, we've been through some battles. They've been through some battles of fighting the good fight of faith. And there's times that, man, is, this, is it worth it? It's destroy this and this and that, and the enemy taunts and taunts, and look what you've got. Ah. Where's your God now? Everybody left. Almost falling apart. Scraping up what you have just to survive. That's your God. It taunts and taunts. And sometimes we feel like giving up. Come on, church, let's be real. We're human. We feel. But these are the times that faith has to step up, church. And not let your feelings mislead you or take you out of God's plan, future, and destiny. Stand on the promise of God and say, God, you said, you said, and I'm going to stand on that. I don't care about the criticism. I don't care what they're talking about. I don't care what the, even the church. Come on, we, the church, there's more criticism in the church than outside the world. Come on, there's, there's more war going on in here than out there. We got to get things right here, church. But I don't care. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to grab my wife's hand and says, baby, we're fighting. Because this is for the long haul. Come on, we can't come out here to be a failure. We didn't come out here to, to let some giant chase us out of Las Vegas. We came here to fight. We came here to fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. Amen. And he can come and he can knock us down. But let me tell you, it's only one round. Amen. There's another round coming, church. There's another bell about to ring. Amen. It's time to stand up and start to fight. Amen. If you want to see victory, church. Come on, everybody stand up. Come on. It's time to fight. The bell is rung. Amen. Maybe you lost the last round. Amen. But the fighting over. I said the fighting over. You gotta fight your giants. Philippians 4:14 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, there can be right now. You, you're in the you're in the ringside, you're in the corner, amen. The cup man is, is fixing you up. Come on. Remember Rocky? When he was all just all, just one eye. And he says, you know what? That's it, Rocky, that's it, no more. You can't do this no more. Cut it, cut it, cut it. See, some of us, we got to say, cut it. Cut my eyes. Let me see. Just cut it. I just need one more round. I just need one more round. See, some of us, we got to have that boldness and say, you know what? This fight's not over, devil. 
And he's in the other corner, amen. He knows he's winning you. He's like, ha, 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 ha. wait till the next round, punk. And he's looking at you and you're trying to intimidate you. And you're over here. And you got to say, you know, you can't, you can't look at the enemy. You got to trust in God. God, help me. Right now, cut it, cut it, God. Let me go in one more round. One more round. I got it, I got it. And then all of a sudden, the, the song starts. You know it. Let me tell you, there's a song that God puts in your heart to keep fighting. Come on, our song right now is victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. You got to sing it. You got to sing it because it's in those times that you're going. When you start to sing a song, you tell, cut the eye. Let me go out one more round. And let me tell you, that bell rings and something happens inside of you. And you go out and you may be beat up and hurt, but then there's something that comes inside of you, just like it came into that little boy's arm that day. And God gives you what you need to take that giant out. And you start to raise your hand in victory and say, Adrian. I usually yell out, Maria. <laughs> and say, we got this, babe. Or she tells me, we got this. We have to compliment each other in this fight. And I can tell you right now, she's the best cut woman in the business. She has fixed my eyes, cut my eyes, encouraged me, go out there. I remember one time I wanted to run. Oh, did I want to run? I was facing the biggest giant in, in pastoring history for me. I was facing the giant that the devil was taunting. You call yourself a pastor and you can't even run your own house. Taunting me. And I felt like running from that first building that we were on on Sahara. But then there came my cut woman. She came into the room and says, what's wrong with you? Snap out of it. <laughs> Her exact words. I was feeling sorry about myself. I was feeling all this. I, didn't, I wasn't quitting God. I just wanted to run. And she got me and goes, where are you going? I said, I don't want to go out there. You've got to go out there. I don't want to go out there. With tears in my eyes, I don't want to go out there. I don't want to face them. I don't want to face the church. I don't want to face like I'm defeated or, or a failure. I can't stand there and preach the gospel. And things are hitting my life. I was just lying to me. My cut woman comes in. Shut up. <laughs> and go in there and fight. And with a little push and a kick, <laughs> I made my way into the sanctuary. And I'm here to let you know, I didn't have to preach that day. The Lord reminded me of who he is. And I humbled myself before the church and I just said, I'm feeling defeated and I feel beat up right now. And all I need is your prayer to help me stand. And God says, raise your hands, son. Close your eyes. Because I'm going to grab your hands right now.
You're going to have to trust in me. Do you trust me? And I said, yes, Dad. I trust you. And then the church started to pray. And we started praying. I just closed my eyes. And, and all of a sudden, I felt like my arms were being lifted on both sides. I felt like the weight was being lifted. And my eyes were still closed. And I said, man, I'm, I'm having an experience here. And God's just moving in my life. He's reminding me. And all of a sudden, God says, open your eyes. So I opened my eyes, and it's the whole church around me. They were lifting my hands. And God tells me, we got this. Use the love that you got and take down your giant. And I walked out like a champion that day. Still my problem but God was on my corner. And I had the best cut woman in the town. They gave me that little push to go. If she would never walked into that room, I don't know if I would have ran out. I really had minds just running. God uses people to remind us. Value the people that surround your church. Because sometimes it can be the cut man for you. Amen.